Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I am in a band house, and in front of me there are a lot of empty PBRs and Pilsners. I'm with two members of a band called Monomyth. Hey, I'm Josh Salter from Monomyth. But Josh, what do you do in the band? Uh, Whatever is needed, I guess. Guitar mostly, though, and singing. Hi, I'm Seamus. I do the same thing. All right. We are all going to have a sip of beer. I'm going to let you guys take your sip first. Let's do that. And now I'm going to ask you the obligatory Halifax question. We love Sloan. Sloan's our favorite band. We worship them. Yes. Monomyth are from Halifax, and every interview I read with them today has mentioned Halifax in some way, so I felt I would follow suit. But instead of hitting that point again, I'm just going to play a track. I'm going to play Pock Ambition. So I would love one of you guys to tell me a sentence about this song before we start. I was listening to a lot of Tupac when I wrote the song. I still listen to a lot of Tupac because I love him. The song is about him. Rest in peace. to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Pock Ambition by a band called Monomyth off their latest record, Saturnalia Regalia. I have two members of the band drinking beers with me here in a band house. I would love it if I could get one of you guys to talk a bit more about this song. Uh, the last song? Uh, that's, it was a, it's kind of an oldie at this point. We don't really play it, but it's in drop D. You gotta have like one kind of drop D song in the set that kind of evens things out. It's about Tupac, he's the champion of life and my heart, so yeah, maybe we should put it back in rotation, you know, drop that 
Drop that E down to a D. I love this song because I interview a lot of indie bands and all of them play very guitar-y, very expected music, but if you go into their tour van, it's always Gucci Mane blaring in the stereo system. Always. <laughs> Free Gucci, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty down. If we're talking about Gucci, I like uh, Hold Your Rolly Up. It's like a hot jam. Super hot jam. So what I find amazing is that everybody would expect that Jesus and Mary Chain would maybe be playing in the tour van, but it's not. So when do you guys listen to the music that clearly inspires what Monomyth does? Sometimes you write a song and then two years later you don't listen to the type of music that you made that song trying to emulate, which happens a lot because I do listen to mostly rap, but we don't make rap music. But uh, that's probably because we shouldn't make rap music. You got to make the music that you can and should make so this is not rap music because we're lyrically stunted i think we only have you know like maybe 27 different words in a song our vocabularies aren't large enough to make rap music that's the main thing holding us back from rap is our vocabularies yeah i'm not saying you guys should be making hip-hop music but i am curious when does the my bloody valentine come out what are you doing when you listen to that music I, I think that sometimes I think that since I listened to so much My Bloody Valentine six years ago, then that's all that will ever come out of me, even when I try to do something different. It's terrifying. I just listen to Teenage Fan Club and walk around by myself. I don't try not to make other people listen to it too much. Not that it's bad. Love it. But uh, I, know that, uh, I know that I'm the only one that cares for the most part. So I don't want to subject. You know what? Let's, you want to listen to party music when you're hanging out with people. Not necessarily like uh, like walk around and look at your shoe music. I agree with that. Monomyth. You guys started when you guys as roommates both had two previous projects and you had a talk. You talked about the kind of band that you wanted to start and Monomyth was born. Everybody has sat down in their apartment with a roommate and talked about the band they want to start. So few people have actually done that. Oh, yeah. I think we were just, uh, we probably just had all of my records out off the shelves. And then I was like, this is the band that Seamus was like, this is the band I want to start in a year from now when I like this music, but I don't right now. Um, so, what record were you playing for him? Oh, uh, I don't know. Probably like, the, I, I would say like the small faces, like Ogden, Ogden's Nut God Flake. I don't think he even likes that record now. Probably not, really. Get down with the woods. Get down with some Ron Woods. Yeah. But not at the time, certainly. So he played you a record that you don't really like. And then what happened? Uh, I, I mean, that's one version of events, sure. What I think what he's saying is that I came to appreciate some gems that he had been trying to force upon me. And those gems force themselves into our own musical project. So why don't you tell me about a gem he convinced you to like? You know, The Replacements, that's his jam. I was never a big Replacements fan. Now I am. But now when I write a Replacements song, he's like, no, I don't want to sound like that anymore. I want to sound like Jesus and Mary Chain or something. I'm like, well, man, no, I'm over that. He's like, what? And that's pretty much how it goes. So vice versa, what's a song that he showed you how to like? Oh, I don't know, like... Probably Young Thug something. Or something. I don't know. But come on, you're not going to make a Young Thug record. Not with that kind of attitude. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess our Jeremiah record ain't coming out anytime soon. Uh, Seamus couldn't really show me anything I didn't already yeah. know. No, I just, <laughs> I, I just can't think of all, like what is. I think of like a like weird shoegaze record you showed me. I can't think of one. 
Uh, maybe some like deep modest mouse cuts. Yeah, <laughs> no. some deep. That's exactly what it was. Some deep backwards modest mouse songs from a bullshit EP. Yeah. Okay, so since Seamus loves hip hop so much, how will music like that influence what happens with Monomyth going forward? Oh, uh, I think little by little, Seamus will just fall away from wanting to do Monomyth at all because he'll be too busy listening to his trap beats to wake up and make it to practice it's possible it's very possible <laughs> all right i better get these questions out fast while the band's still together i'm gonna play another monomyth track i'm gonna give you guys a choice i can either play patsy off saturnalia regalia or i will play cigarette off king does this not please you behold the power you guys get to choose which one should i play okay i vote for my own song that i made and that i wrote all the stuff for because i love myself and my songs Yep, let's do it. Let's just go with Cigarette. Why not? Great song, Seamus. You really killed it. the interview show this is scott wood your host you just heard cigarette that's an older track by a band called monomyth i have two members of the band here with me i'm gonna talk to seamus the guy who wrote it and loves the song yeah it was uh, you know i was in a hard time place just trying to cut back on the cigs really all been there i was smoking pack a day and i just knew this shit's gonna kill me can i say shit on your radio i prefer if you didn't say it too much but a little bit these sticks are gonna kill me and I said you know what I can't live this uh, cigarette life anymore and then I wrote that wrote that song and then then uh, a little known rock and roller named Mac DeMarco wrote a song called uh, um, Marlboro Man <laughs> soon afterwards took up kind of copying the whole style, the whole style sure. you know he, we saw him at the back of the bar Nodding his head. Nodding his head. And laughing. Yeah. Yeah. He hadn't written the song yet, but he was busy making songs for Home Alone 3. <laughs> Throwing shade in the interview. I'm just going to move on. But that was spicy. Thank you. Spicy stuff. All right. Saturnalia Regalia is the latest record that's out. It's been out for a little while now. But before you went in to record that record, you toured those songs for a long time. 
that's a great position for a band to be in because they get a chance to sort of test what works in a live situation. Okay, it's almost the opposite because we recorded those. We just have this thing where we get new band members all the time and we have to relearn the old songs and practice the songs that we don't ever want to play. Um, but then we did that, we recorded it, and then we went on tour and played them all live. And then we were like, whoa, these are way better now. Too bad. Well, let's see. There was one... Th- the only thing I can think about is uh, the last song, Spider... Um, what's that song called? Oh, The Big Reveal. Yeah. Um, we almost never played that one live because we could never get it down. Just couldn't get it down. It was too tricky. And it ends with piano. We don't have a piano player yet, but we're accepting submissions. And there were there were a bunch of harmonies, but sometimes live you're just a little more drunk than, than good at singing. You know? I do know a little bit, because I read a review of a show you guys played in October where the reviewer was upset at how loose the sound was in the show. And in the show banter, you revealed that you guys hadn't practiced in two months. And I'm not coming at you, but I find it interesting. When you've been in tour, played, let's say, hundreds, thousands of shows, do you need practice time to get back up to show mode? Well, only because we have the same curse of always like going back to old members or getting new members or like switching them around. So you've always got to practice. You never know who's where because there's so many different people. Yeah. Also, the person that wrote that review is was is lazy. He wears they, a fedora. Yeah, he, he wears, wears a, a fedora, fedora and he chooses to review us all the time. He has a choice to review us or not, and he chooses to review us. And then, puts the fedora on, comes to the show, and then gives us bad reviews and says that we're a sloppy band, which is true. But he doesn't need to put it in print. Yeah, I think for for from my perspective, it's like for that I said that, and then he's just like, oh yeah. But but like truly, that guy doesn't know his head from his patoot, from his fedora, because like he reviewed us another time, and he said that we played like five songs that he just like wrote i think he wrote his review before he came because he said that we played five songs that we didn't play like he named five songs uh he was like and the crowd went wild when they played this song but that none of it happened like it was a lie so this guy kind of just a lazy lazy dork i sent him an email i was like hey lazy dork like stop reviewing us because like you're doing a bad job and then he sent me a really long apology but it seemed it didn't seem right to me you know sometimes you got to call out a dork who writes the review before they come to the show all right this interview you guys are keeping it real as they say in hip-hop let's play another mono myth track i'm gonna play one of my favorites candle holder off saturnalia regalia so who wrote that one yeah i wrote this one how would you like to tell me one sentence about this song before we hear it oh it's spirit of a Bob Dylan song off of Blow on the Tracks but with none of the lyricism.
interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Candle Holder off the record Saturnalia Regalia by a band called Monomyth. I have two members of the band here. I'm going to get Josh, the writer of the song, to tell us a little more about this track. Oh, I woke up one day and I was in bed and then I grabbed my electric guitar, which was in bed next to me. And and then I I wrote the riff and I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. And uh, that's how the song came together. All right, Monomyth, I'd love to talk a little bit about writing music. There's a great quote in your bio that says, it's important to make pop music that's a little fucked up because otherwise it's just pop music. So let's start there. Who who said that? Which one of us said that? It was Josh. Ah. It was me. I think I was just really clamoring for something to say. I don't know if I even believed. Afterwards, I when I saw it again written, I was like, well... I don't know if I agree with myself, but you don't have to agree with yourself all the time. It's kind of more fun not to. It's it's a useful technique to disagree with yourself and then work from there, you know? So disagree with yourself. What is the thesis behind your songwriting? The thesis? Well, I don't know if I really have many theses when it comes to my songs. Sometimes I think best first thought, best thought kind of thing. But then other times I think that it's a lot better if you create a song that you don't relate to or like the words aren't coming from inside you they're like it's just like all uh you know like it's something that you make and craft independent of like how you feel i don't know that sounds about right like electronic music and hip-hop is like perfect there's no like the beats aren't wrong it all sounds perfect but if you're still gonna play guitar in 2015 a you're a dumbass, but B, you might as well make it like pretty, like not very perfect. Got some screw ups in there. You know, that's that's the way to do it. M I I M O I M H O, in my humble opinion. Thank you, Josh Seamus. You guys alternate vocals. The question I'll ask is this: So, how do you guys achieve balance in a record? Like, say, what if you're writing the next Monomyth record and one guy's written? eight songs the other guy's only written four is that cool how do you negotiate that it's usually cool it's usually cool it kind of just works out to be kind of half and half or like in a set we make sure to play half and half and you know it you just make a song you tell the other person what to do they say i can't you said fuck earlier i can say fuck okay you say fuck you i don't want to do that and you say like i trust me the part i wrote for you is better than the part you'd write for yourself they're like, no, well, okay, maybe, but I'm going to do this little, like, kind of different. It's going to be a bit different. You do that, you record it, and you're like, I don't really like what you did. And you're like, well, I did it, and I'm in this band, too, so it's sticking. And then you listen to it 100 times, and then you forget that that even happened. Yeah, that's. I agree with that, except instead of forgetting that it happened every time you hear it, you're just like, man, I wish that you just played the part exactly how I wrote it, because it was absolutely perfect when I devised it, and I'm God. <laughs> So I think that we should play another track. I'm going to pick Feeling off the Monomyth EP from 2012. Who wrote that one? All right, Josh, I'd love you to tell me a bit about that before we hear the song. Um, I was playing in um, my first band ever, and we had a jam space in the basement. And uh, I remember writing this song. I think I was listening to a lot of, like, Spaceman 3 at the time, or, like, Spiritualized or just like dumb, dumb repetitive music. Um, and I had my head in a ba- in the bass drum. I was just laying down. I remember writing it on the floor. 
but uh, I didn't think that it was like a real song. But I think I played it in practice one day with with uh, with Seamus and everyone else. And sometimes like you you don't show people a song. You just kind of are playing it, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's a song," and you're like, oh, "I didn't think it was a song," but then it turns out it is a song, I guess, if you play it. Sometimes when you put D and G and A together, you got a song. Boom, baby, blammo, wrap it up. I think this song is—it's a funny one because it's like uh, it's just so simple. It's like you could write it in your sleep, which is why I was laying down with my head in the bass drum. Like I was basically asleep when I wrote it. Even the words are really they're just so plain it's like there's almost no descriptors it's amazing in a way it's just like it's amazing how little is going on in that song but it's still a song because we we did it and you know it's a song well now after that i'm sure everyone can't wait to hear it back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Feeling by a band called Monomyth off the self-titled EP that came out in 2012. I have Josh and Seamus. We pretty much heard the entire story behind the song before we heard it. So I'll ask this question to follow up. Josh brought this to the band practice. Seamus heard it. I would love you guys to talk about the negotiation process in making this an official Monomyth song. Okay, well first it's like you got D. It's like, ooh. 
Open D, oh my god. Next, G, open, like, oh my god. G comes after D, that is sick. A follows that, like, everyone just went like, oh my god. Put those three together, let's go, get it rolling. Tell me about a song that you guys brought to the group where it didn't work out and it ended up in the garbage can. Oh, like any song I ever wrote about, like, my feelings that had a minor chord, Seamus is like, no, you can't do that. Like, save that for your solo record, you piece of shit. Like, I'm not playing another one of your sad bastard songs. Like, you can only bring gold to the table at this band. And like, I'm not playing your that stupid fucking song, like, write a happy one or get out. And then, and then, like, yeah, like, don't bring any of that garbage when we try and record a record. Then we go and record a record, and Seamus brings out his like sad minor chord jams and i'm just like you told me i couldn't bring any of those to the table he's like i lied (laughs) yeah look some people have a deeper understanding of the intricacies of the human soul and spirit that's me so that's kind of the songs i write we'll leave it to you to write the you know yeah have like sipping on a beer and talking to your dad or some some other shit (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know if that's true i don't i'm not really i think uh, this might be the end of the band I think you've been stifling me and holding me back, man. It's true, on purpose. Because I know if I let if I let go of the reins, he's gonna take off like a in a blitz of glory, and I'll never see him again. You know, so I need to rein him in with a constant uh, belittling and uh, kind of making fun of his character and really picking him apart so that he'll like cling on to me and that the band will still exist. Yeah, that sounds like a description of of you towards me for sure. (laughs) I always love doing interviews after the bands have had a couple of beers. They're always the best ones. Okay. I have a lot more to say. I'm just warming up. I can go all night. I write songs for civic holidays. Like I write songs that are meant to be played like on a main stage in between like the trues and like i don't know like blue rodeo i don't know who plays civic events but like i went to a show recently and the mics weren't working at the show and everyone started singing a song and when the song ended everyone was like didn't know what to do so they just everyone was like started to sing the only song they knew and the only song that they knew was oh canada it was i wanted to puke in my mouth it was the most disgusting nationalistic like I don't know what, like, I just realized I was in the wrong place, like, I shouldn't, like, I shouldn't be here, I'd like, and then, then I, I left the the place that I was at after some songs, because I was like, I gotta get out of here and be with the young people, so I went down the street to, to go try and see Future at, like, Frosh Week, and, and then he, like, Drake flew in from the US Open, but I missed it, like, I got there, and I just saw everyone coming from it. And then I had to take the bus home and everyone was just like, wow, that was amazing. That'll never happen again. And meanwhile, I like, I got to hear like 300 people, like seven, 800 people in a soft seater, like spontaneously break into O Canada. So the logical follow-up question to that is, lights go out, you guys are in a venue, you can all choose to sing one song with everybody. What song do you know the words to that you want to sing in the dark with other people who like music? Uh, At Last by Ed James. Hmm. How about sit, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay? That's a, that's a classic, huh? That may be the greatest song I've ever written, so. And who's it by? Otis.
Everyone listening, go look up Otis Redding on allmusic.com. Click Disog- discography. You'll see the all music, uh, like they've got their album that they rate the best. Check that one out. Okay. Saturnalia Regalia, your record came out in 2014. I read interviews with you guys from early this year in 2015 that you were going in to write another record. We're now at the waning days of 2015. We're still talking about Saturnalia Regalia. Guys, what's going on? It's old news, I know. I mean, God, I'm as sick of talking about it as you are, for sure. We have a new one. It's all done and uh, finished up, and you know, it'll, it'll, it'll come out soon. We're just sitting, sitting on our gold. We're just, you know, like we're like just like rich people. We're just rich with content that we, we, we don't make it for anyone else. And when you, you know, when you lay the golden egg, you gotta like sit on it and give it up like warmth, nice and warm, enough for a long time. So we just, you know, you know, you gotta incubate that baby. You know what I'm talking about? I don't really, but it sounds interesting, I guess. And then when the time is right for this sweet golden egg to hatch. It'll just arise from the nest. The, the goose that laid the golden egg is an extraordinary goose, that's for sure. It's like imagine a monkey with a peanut machine. <laughs> you know? We're at the end of the show. I'd love you guys to pick one monomyth track. This is probably going to be a difficult conversation for you, but I'd love you to pick one track for us to end the show with. I'm going to give this one to Seamus. I'm going to let him pick it because, you know. Uh, because we've established he is the band Svengali. Yeah. Okay, it's called Something Else. This song's called Something Else. Um, oh, wait, can we... Oh, I'm going to take away Seamus's power because I don't want to hear that song. Okay, let's listen, to a, let's listen to a Graham Stewart original. Graham no longer plays with us, but he wrote the opening track on our old record, Saturnalia Regalia. He doesn't play with us anymore, but he's a gem of a man, and this is his track. Thanks, Graham. Love you. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. It's called, uh, what is it called? Theme from Monomyth. Theme from Monomyth. Opening track. Yes. All right, guys. Thank you very much for such a great interview. Anytime. Thank you very much. Oh, wait. Anytime. Maybe you should play that song. No, sorry. I just, uh, I got to do it. No take backs. Thanks. Bye.